Good morning. All right, you ready? Let's do this thing. Uh, Sean and I were joking before that, um, you know, Hope Fellowship, I've really got to speed through the sermon because the intro is always way longer than any other church that I go to. Because you got to talk about how much we love you and how, you know, we used to be on staff here and, and we make a couple jokes about the students. And then, then I tell you what Youth Alive is and then we get to the stuff. Um, so I'm going to sum all that up in we are so happy to be back. We, we love it, love it, love it. I have three kids now. I had two last time, I think. Um, uh, I lose track. Um, so we have three. Shauna's in the back. Uh, just, guys, thank you so much. Uh, you guys have supported us so much. I just want you guys to know we are your biggest fans. Um, you know, Will and Emily, Pastor Will, was telling me, uh, he asked, what do you guys do with uh, your kids when you go to other churches with three services? And I said, you guys are the only ones who do three services. <coughs> Usually I'm in and out from 10 to 11. We, we got plenty of time for nap, then lunch, you know? Um, but guys, uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, Youth Alive is going well. Can I, any new friends, we have not met before. You've not heard me speak. I've not met you. Any new people in the room? One person, three, five. Okay, great. Old friends, where are you at? Yes, yes. All right. All right, I'm going to lean on you, old friends. New friends, uh, like Pastor Sam, my name's Aaron. I'm the Youth Alive missionary in the Potomac Network. So what that means is in Maryland, uh, most of Virginia, and part of West Virginia, it's my job to help all the Assemblies of God churches to help their youth students share faith better. So I, we create, a team and I, we create resources and we coach students, we coach churches, we help them understand how do we impact our communities, students, how do we own our faith and share it well? You know, because sharing our faith is important. It is the most important. And it doesn't mean you have to be great at it right away, but we say you do have to be better tomorrow than you were today. So that's what we do. We've got a, a goal of 200 in 50 campus missionaries this year, we're on track to, to meet that goal. Uh, that's coaching 250 kids, resourcing them, getting them fire Bibles, putting, uh, every kid has a unique idea for how they're going to minister to their school. That's what we get to do, and it's an absolute blast. So thank you for helping us do it. You know, we're missionaries. You, your church supports us. So even when you're not uh, thinking about us, you're supporting. So that's what we do. The title of my sermon this morning is, Is their life. So first service, we got a little bit of life from them. But second service is my people, right? Is there life? Yes, yes, there is. All right. So I'm going to see how much life there is um, by doing the game. You know, I thought I would be mean and make you stand up and sit down. I'm not going to do that. We're going to play a quick game called, called sit down if, but we're going to do it with our hands. So the way this game works is you put your hand in the air, all right, so everyone's going to put their hand in the air. I'm going to say something, and if it applies to you, you have to put your hand down, okay? You have to be honest. Capiche? All right, hands up, hands up. Okay, put your hand down if you've had the moment where you didn't know you had a cut on your hands until you put Germex on your hands. Okay, most of us have had that moment, right? The Germex told you for sure. Okay, hands back up, hands back up. Put your hand down if you've ever let somebody merge in, to tr in traffic. But no, that's not it. That just means you're a decent person. <laughs> you've let somebody merge into traffic, and they didn't give you that courtesy wave, and you're kind of mad about it. 
Okay, that's my people. Those are my people in the room. Okay? It's like, give me the, give me the wave. You don't got to blink your lights, but give me the wave. I also get frustrated. This isn't even that. I also get frustrated at people when I'm like in the Walmart parking lot and I let people go, like they're walking in front of me and they don't do like the hustle step, you know, where they kind of, it's like, at least hustle step, come on. You ain't got a walker, get moving. All right, hands back up. Put your hands up if you've had somebody, like this happened to me the other day, they stare into your eyes and guilt trip you when you're trying to pay at one of those card readers and they flip it around and they're like, there's just one question and it's the tip, but they didn't do anything worth the tip, but they stare at you like, are you gonna tip me? And it's like, I did all the work and you feel really awkward. Anybody had that moment? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Starbucks, you can, you know. All right, number, all right, two more. Put your hand up. If you have rushed through your devotion in the morning because you wanted to be a good Christian, you don't even remember what it said, but you knocked it off the list. Yes. Amen. Believers. <laughs> I don't know what to read. In the beginning was the word of the world. All right. All right. And then this is my favorite one. Put your hands up and put your hands down if you have children who have the audacity to have their own opinions. Yes, yes. And they forget that they owe you everything in this world, and you brought them into this world, and you can take them out. <laughs> See, I do that because the, the thing that I like to, to, that's interesting is we're all the same. We're all the same. We all got the same stuff. We've all got the germ X feelings. We all are trying to be better Christians. We're all just trying to make it through this world. We all want things to be a little bit easier. You know, we all wish we had more money. Those who aren't retired wish we were retired. Those who were retired wish we were retired better. <laughs> right? We all want less stress, less worry. Right? We all kind of want to settle into something, right? And have a good life. Anybody else? Right? So when we're talking about life, one of the first things that I want to talk about this morning is this, is that we all tend to settle into a normal, right? And this is universally true, all right? We're going to get into some, like, science in a little bit. I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys aren't bored with it because it was really interesting to me, but I'm also a little bit of a nerd, so we'll see how that goes. But what happens, we have a tendency to settle into this normalcy of life, and then what happens is the normal becomes a moving target, okay? Perfect example. How many of you uh, remember the stage of your life where you're like, man, if I could just pay rent a little easier, that'd be a nice thing. And then you get to where you can pay rent a little bit, and they're like, well, you know, I'd like to have a place of my own. And then you, and then you, buy, then you buy a house, you can get in your own house, you're like, man, I really wish that, like, these kids would grow up and mow the lawn so I didn't have to mow the lawn all the time at this house that I own. And then they get older and you're like, man, I really wish, I really wish. And then you start thinking about retirement. And my grandpa and I were talking about this the other day. He was like, Aaron, you have to think about retirement. And I said, I think about it all the time. And he goes, you have to actually do something about it. I said, that's a different question. (laughs) And so we started talking about it. And then he spat out this number for retirement that I should shoot for that made me want to vomit. (laughs) And then, he, and then he started moving the target. And he goes, yeah, but once you have that, you should really get a little more for this and this and this and this and this. Because settled, becoming settled and becoming 
normal, that desire is something we all have, but then it moves. And so then we're always seeking this normal thing, and for most of us, myself included, what we're trying to seek is less risk, less uh, tension, less upheaval. We kind of want consistency. You with me? Now, my wife, um, I make fun of her all the time because we, uh, we talk about this guy named Steve. Now, Steve is a fictional character, okay? But Steve is the guy that Shauna thinks is hiding in the bushes, ready to steal our children anytime we look away. <laughs> you know, if I'm four feet away from my kids and I bend up to pick up a stick, she's like, Aaron, the children. And I'm like, Steve, back off, wherever you are, back off. And so what we do is we try to, what happens in my, my wife is, is so good at organizing and keeping our life straight. You know, she would have had me signed up for that men's breakfast weeks ago. I'm just saying, ladies. Um, you know, so we have all these things. And, and so then what happens is our life, Sean and my life can become very consistent. You know, I go home. Or from work, and, and we have dinner at the same time, and we put the kids down at the same time, and we try and make sure that everything is kind of normal, and uh, we, you know, we say, do the same thing at bedtime with the kids. We have some of the same conversations every week to see how we're doing, and we go to church on Sundays, and we do all the normal, consistent things, and it's kind of our way to bring peace to our world, right? Right? And so we do that, but we can also tend to do that in our faith, where we do the consistent things and we measure success in our spiritual life based on how consistent our spiritual life is, right? And consistency is not bad, but if we're not careful, consistency can also lead to death. Because I can do the same things over and over and over again, but never ask the question, is there life to this? Am I being challenged by this? I read my Bible, but did I let it speak to me? I went to church, but did I let it move me? I sang the worship song, but did I even hear what, the, what God was trying to pour into my heart? I went to work, and I was a good person, and I did good things, and I do all of these things, and I did normal stuff. I was consistent, Jesus. But he goes, but you didn't listen, Right? And so uh, a friend of mine uh, told me, we, you know, I grew up in Florida, and one of the fish that's in Florida is the mullet. You guys don't have those up here, I don't think. But kids love them in Florida because they jump out of the water. And they're the, they're the fish, like, that will jump in your boat. You don't even have to put a bait. You just, you just like, paddle, paddle, fish, right? That's how it works. You can tell I fished a lot growing up, right? And, uh, you know, I thought that mullet were the dumbest fish in the world, the dumbest. I'm like, I don't even have to do anything. And my friend told me, he goes, actually, Aaron, you know why mullet jump out of the water? I was like, no, I don't, but I'm willing to learn. He goes, they're bottom feeders. <clears throat> so mullet will go around the bottom and they just eat like normal and they eat and they eat. And what it does is it kicks up mud and then the mud gets sucked into their gills. And so then they get all caked up in their gills. And to get the mud out, they have to jump out of the water, smacking the top of the water and the water rushes through the gills and it clears it out. And he goes, Aaron, they will literally drown on the normal. 
And I go, I'm a mullet. (laughs) They're doing everything they're supposed to do, right? But the only way for them to stay healthy is to realize that what is their normal is not necessarily the most healthy. And then they've got to shift their little life, swim up to the top, smack themselves on the water like dodos, and then maybe get caught in a boat. But if they don't, they're good. And the first point that I want you to take away about this is that consistency and stability are not always the same thing. Consistency seems to be this, I want all of the elements to be the same so that I can know what's going to happen. Stability is like a tree in a hurricane. I'm stable and my roots go deep even though the elements around me swirl. And this is a principle that we see in Scripture, and we're going to turn to it in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you want to go there. And what, what it tells, what 2 Corinthians 4 is going to tell us, in a general sense, is that we all want to find normal. That is normal. Okay? So don't feel guilty about that. But it's not necessarily our calling. There's this weird tension that we have to live in that 2 Corinthians talks about. And listen, if you guys have a small group or you have some friends, I would study 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We don't have enough time for me to dig all the way through the whole chapter, but it is so powerful. It connects to so many other parts of of Corinthians. Uh, It's Paul. It makes huge statements in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And so in the first six verses of this chapter, essentially, I'm going to sum it up, there's, he paints this picture of God and the gospel being life in light, okay? So this light is shining in the darkness, and we reflect that light to the world. And that the enemy tries to blind people to this light. And it's something you see all through scripture. God having this imagery of being a light in the darkness, okay? So that's verses one through six, right? And then we get to verse seven, And in verse 7, it really takes off. Because it talks about this tension that I mentioned. But we have this treasure in jars of clay that show, to show that all surpassing power is from God. Okay? So again, here's this idea. God is the source of life. But it's weird because I have this treasure in a jar of clay. A jar of clay is not a a wealthy item. It's not something that, it's a, it's a jar of clay. So I have this amazing thing inside, inside this not great thing. I have this walk with God inside my sinful nature. I have this message of the gospel inside my broken life. I have this treasure in a jar of clay. You with me? And it's not from us. And then verse eight, this is where the preachers preach right here. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now, in my church growing up, it was like, we're persecuted, but not crushed. The organ been going off. People been up and down the aisles. Pastors, I don't know what you're going through. And they always talked about bills growing up. They, you might be able to pay your bills. You're pressed, but not crushed. Althea up the aisle. 
But there's this sense in this passage of you're gonna live in tension. You're gonna live in crazy. You're gonna live in moments where you are pressed but not crushed, persecuted, perplexed. But guess what? You're not in despair. You're not abandoned. You get to live in this weird tension. And can I let you know, the whole universe works on this principle. The whole thing. So let's finish this verse. We're going to go to the next one, verse 10. So we always carry on in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed. Again, right? God is the source of light. He is the thing that we carry. And what do we reveal? Him. Do we reveal our talents and our skills and our abilities? Do we reveal our comfort and what we are good at? No. No. What do we reveal? Jesus. For we who are alive are always being given over to death. Always? I'm always being given over to death? Why? God, aren't you supposed to protect me? Aren't you supposed to save me? Aren't you supposed to give me the house, the dog, the two kids, and the white picket fence? I'm tired of paying taxes. What? I got to go to death. I'm always being given to death? Yeah. For why? For Jesus' sake. So that his life may be what? Revealed. He is the source, and I live in this weird, crazy hurricane of a life. Right? You with me? Okay. And then the last part, verse 12, is this. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. That don't make no sense. Right? What do you mean death is at work and life is at work? I'm a child of God. Death can't have no place in my life. Death is at work and life is at work. Okay? So all of this... You know, this death is at work, this sin nature that we fight, apathy that we fight, self-interest that we fight, external pressures that we fight, politicians that we fight. (laughs) All of this stuff that we fight, but then there's also life in me. What a weird, and why? God, why? And all of this kind of came together and this is where I get excited. I'm going to try and make what I think is cool, cool to you, okay? The next one, the thing I want to teach you about is entropy. Entropy is cool. <laughs> okay? Because here's the deal. The whole world, the whole universe works off this idea of entropy. Any science nerds in the room? Okay? Science nerds, science nerds? Okay, if I get this wrong, shut up. Don't say anything, Okay? <laughs> okay. Entropy is, I'm going to read the definition, a thermodynamic quantity representing the unavailability of a system's thermal energy for the conversion into mechanical work, often interpreted as the degree of disorder or randomness in a system. And everybody said, oh, oh, not oh. Okay. All right. I will give you the Pastor Aaron definition of entropy. Entropy is the fact that energy wants to go. Okay? It wants to expand. Entropy is the reason that your hot coffee cools. 
Entropy is the reason that if you put a hole in a tire, the air goes out. Entropy is the reason that there's life on earth. Entropy is the reason that the universe is expanding. Is because entropy is this idea that any form of energy wants to expand until it finds a normal state or a resting state. Okay? If we turned off the lights and I turned a flashlight on, it would start as a beam, right? And then what is it going to do? Expand out. If I take a hot cup of coffee and we sit on a table, what does the heat want to do? Escape, right? And expand out. That's why your coffee gets cool. This is what entropy is in Pastor Aaron's sense. So why is this interesting? It's interesting because the world reflects our attention. The universe reflects our attention. Where do we get all of our energy from the earth? The earth gets it all from the sun. Yes. Okay. So the sun gives us all this energy. The sun gives us all this light. Wink, wink. All this light from the sun. And then we take all of it and we make it crazy energy. Okay. So you get this stable, it's called low entropy energy. It's pure. It's stable. Nothing wrong with it. It's all good. And then it comes to the earth and it becomes chaotic because we all live here and we use it and there's animals and there's stuff and then the earth gives it off as crazy energy and then it becomes stable again. So you've got low entropy, low entropy, and then where we live, high entropy, craziness, okay? So we live in crazy. So the best way I can describe this is like this. Okay, so I'm a simple person. I love, when I drink coffee, when you pour the cream and it makes all the cool clouds. It's really cool to me. This is coffee. It is only coffee. It is low entropy. It is what it is, okay? It's not bubbling. It's not moving. It's just is. This is cream. It is low entropy. It is what it is, right? What we can do, though, is if I mix it, and you're cool like me, you get high entropy, and something cool happens, and you get cool clouds, and if you're my wife, you need more creamer. <laughs> okay? Now, what will this do eventually? Mix it up, and it'll settle, right? It'll go back to low entropy. But the cool only happens in that small window of chaos. Life only happens in a small window of chaos. What God can use for you only happens in a small window of chaos. The shifting that God wants to do in your life happens in that small window of chaos. But why, if that's where God does all the cool stuff, do we hate it so much? Because it's hard. I can't control it. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I would rather live in consistency. You with me? So entropy is cool because it tells me, just like the sun and the earth and the stars are designed, I am designed to that I can be this person who receives this amazing 
life and love and, and passion and calling and redemptive grace from Jesus, from God. And then he's gonna put that into my crazy world and life is gonna happen. I'm gonna use the energy. That's what life is. It's used up energy. And then I'm gonna reflect that somewhere else and somebody else is gonna be able to use up that energy and they're gonna reflect to somebody else and they're gonna use up that energy. The only time that things go bad is when nobody is there to receive the energy. When no one's ever there to receive the gospel. When no one's there to receive the love of Christ. When I just hold on to it myself, I die. Because the end of the universe, it's the big heated death or something they called it, is this idea that once all the energy in the world goes out and finds its stability, it all ends. Because there can be no life. Life only happens in the crazy. Like that. Right? Okay, so, Pastor Aaron, why are we talking through all of this? It's because of this concept right here. We don't like it because it's hard, so instead of a life of faith that's challenging, we contend, and I'm talking to myself, to settle for a life that's good, that it's normal, but that can be a slow death. We have a good job, a good family, we're responsible, we're aware, we're kind, we volunteer, we serve, we vote Republican. That's a joke. We have the bump. <laughs> we have a bumper sticker that has the church name on it. We buy the, the youth group stuff to help send them to the thing. We don't smoke anymore. We only drink on the holidays. We tell people that we're Christian, but our life isn't really that different. We just have some habits that we do that are different than their habits. We have some normal things that are different than normal things. So my question this morning is, is there life? Is there life to what you're doing? Is there life to what we go through? Because faith, is not content. Now, hear what I didn't say. I didn't say that faith is crazy. I didn't say that faith is ridiculous. I didn't say that you gotta be a hippie and do a Forrest Gump across the country. That's not what I said. But faith is not content. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, we get our, our definition of faith, is faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is in the future. Faith cannot be content if it's looking for more in the future. Right. And it's the evidence of the things I haven't seen. So I want to be a person that my faith life is one of hope, that even if things are good, I'm like, all right, God, what's the next thing? Right. And it doesn't have to be big. What's a small step? God, what's the shift that you're calling me to? God, what's the moment? Is there life to what I'm doing? Is there life to what I'm doing? And the reason... You know, Chris Estrada has this great quote, and he says that declaration without demonstration is an abomination. That if we say that we're believers, or we say that we believe in the power of Jesus, but we do not demonstrate that same power, it is an abomination to what we call our faith. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I can fall into the rhythm of being a good pastor, and a good dad, and a good friend, and then God hasn't challenged me in the last six months, and I'm a dying mullet at the bottom of the river. And he's just calling me to come up and do something to shift. So my, my question is just, 
in every aspect of our life, can we ask that question? Is there life? And the reason that I, I want to do this is I'm going to skip verses 16 and 17 of chapter 4. You can read it later. But in the very beginning of this book, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 7, Paul sets something up in everything we read in chapter 4 supporting this thing that he set up. Okay? We can go ahead and go there. It's Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of comfort. This is the source we're talking about, right? Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Jesus Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort. And salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. Worship team, you can help me. This is called, a lot of theologians call this the overflow principle. In 2 Corinthians, Paul starts with the overflow principle where he says, everything that you go through is so you can reflect the grace that you receive to the person who needs grace. That you can reflect the, the peace that you receive to the person who needs, who needs peace. The comfort to the distressed. That is why you go through the craziness of life and you are pressed but not crushed. Is because when you are pressed, it creates enough stuff that you can go to those who are pressed and go, I've been there and this is where my comfort came from. And I reveal Jesus within me. I say this probably every time I come here because I feel comfortable with you guys. It's not about you. It's not about me. And what happens if when I started to ask this question, you know, I learned about the mullet and the coffee. And I started asking myself, is there life in the practices that I have? Is my faith content or is it hopeful? And the little things started shifting. It wasn't big things. And I'm not perfect at these things. But in the last month or so, I started asking in my, in my prayer life, like, God, where, is there, where do I need to add life? And <clears throat> I was challenged in conversations to try and keep the topic on the other person as long as possible. Yes. Now that's for me, that's not for you. But it's such a little specific thing that God was like, Aaron, you're pretty good at talking, so shut up. <laughs> and what is it? It's a, it's a, it's a moment that I'm, I'm, I'm taking this internal pressure and I'm trying to shift it and learn more and, and be more intentional and I'm swing and miss, but those are the kind of things that happen. It's, I was challenged to pray more specific prayers with my kids in the morning. Instead of just saying, Jesus loves me, this I know. I said, God, I pray that Davis and Chase and Miles are men of God, not when they're 15, but when they're five. God, I pray that you would put people in our past that I can demonstrate to them what the love of Jesus looks like so that they can fall in love 
with the plan and purpose you have. I pray that they would love ministry. I pray that when they see their dad on stage, that they don't see him preaching for his own benefit, but revealing your glory. I pray, I pray, I pray, and I began to pray specific prayers. When I asked about my parenting, I don't want to just keep them out of jail. I don't want to just keep them from getting knocked up. I can't, they're boys. I want more for them. My faith is hopeful for something more. I called my brother-in-law the other day because I was praying in the car on the drive here yesterday. And I gave him a word of encouragement that I, no- I normally would have been nervous to say. But I said, man, I feel like God wants you not to be a person who lives on someone else's legacy, but you're a person who creates legacy. The business you're starting, it's a legacy for your kids. Don't try and jump on somebody else's. Be confident in what you're doing. And I, sp- I called a random call to my brother-in-law because it's little shifts. I apologize to my wife for taking her for granted. Little stuff. Usually, the shifts are small and specific. And then you change. <clears throat> so can I make one small and specific shift for us this morning? Stand your feet. I asked Eliza to sing this song because, and I know, again, the preacher preached too long. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the prayer partners to come forward. Um, but guys, as much as we're inviting the prayer partners to come forward, I don't, want, I don't want us to just get in the normal routine of coming up and can you pray for me for this? Prayer partners... Uh, if you don't mind, I would like you to not hear their prayer requests and then pray. She's going to sing this song, and if you feel like you need prayer, I want you to come up front, and I want you to pray for yourself. And then pray partners, you can pray with them, alongside them, but don't lead them in the prayer. We're going to lead ourselves. Little shifts of getting out the normal, jumping out of the water and clearing the normal. Okay, can we do that? And then if you don't usually sing, sing a little bit. If you don't usually think about something, think about something. If you usually let your mind wander, try and focus for about three minutes. And see what God can do with the shift. See what the God of the universe who designed everything can do when you allow yourself to be pressed but not crushed. And what he can take and do with that. Eliza, go ahead and lead us. And you guys can come forward, pray where you're at, do what you need to do. All my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing.
Lord, we thank you so much for the fact that your goodness, your favor, your love, your mercy is so overwhelming. Lord, I pray that the apprehension that we have, the the limits that we have, Lord, we begin to chip away at those little by little by asking the question, is there life? Is there life to my work? Is there life to my parenting? Is there life to our services? Is there life to our church and how we serve? Is there life to my prayer life and my worship? Is there life to how I, I, I function in my marriage? Lord, is there life? And Lord, I pray that we would be movable, moldable, shapeable for you and your purpose. In your mighty and precious name we pray. And the church said, amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. <clears throat>